0: It turned out to be completely unreliable asshole.
1: Hey there, Tim. Ryan. Ryan, hey there. Hi. And hey there, everyone. Yes, you. Hey there, you. That's right, you. Welcome to Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie. And myself, Tim Aslan. We dismember a horror film every week. We talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy. We're trying to see films we haven't seen, horror films we haven't seen for a long time. Ones that we're hoping we get something out of, whether they be good or bad. And the best way, I think, to get something out of it, regardless of how it is, is to digest it afterwards. <laughs> have a discussion with a friend and talk about exactly what I said we're going to talk about, what worked, what didn't work, and anything interesting or noteworthy. I like
0: digesting
1: things. Mm-hmm. And we're here for you to do just that, should you not have a horror fiend or friend to discuss yeah. these films with. So, we are speaking of these films in the spirit as if you had just watched it with us. But if not, then hey, go watch it. Then go watch it, or that's up to you. Hit Anyways. That pause button. Pause. Oh, and I didn't say, I usually say, welcome to. This is episode 76. Mm. We're on. Getting up there. Cool. I'm excited for these triple digits oh my god around the corner (gasps) and today we traveled back to 1987 or this week (laughs) we traveled back to
0: 1987 what a year yeah 1987 the only
1: like film i only ever think of that year with is i think hellraiser came out (laughs) that year i want to say
0: wow um i don't know i think uh Was that the year the Mets won the World Series? That was a big deal for me. Maybe that was 86. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Or maybe it was the year that Indiana won the national championship. Always seems like an in-between. That's like all I remember from that age. (laughs) Sports. Seems like an (laughs) in-between year for some reason. Now it just looks on paper. 87. I bet something cool happened in our lives in 87. Oh, you weren't alive. I was. Oh, you were? By Uh, how long? I was born in 86. Ooh, you were a little non-person. That's a little tyke. Wow. <laughs> what, did I, what grade was I in in 87? Third grade? Ooh. If it was third grade, I went to Europe. Do you remember seeing
1: trailers for today's film, Angel Heart? <laughs> oh, probably not. I wonder if your parents like looked at the newspaper and were like, Oh, Hey Robert De Niro. And if
0: remember they probably knowing my parents of the, of that time, they probably were like, like my mom was probably like, I don't like that. Robert De Niro. (laughs) He seems like a bad guy, especially done up to specifically
1: look like a bad guy. Yeah, She took one look at him sitting there with his hair. He's a mobster. I don't (laughs) like
0: him. Well, I don't blame her. That's a weird impersonation of my mom. She doesn't do that at all. <laughs> She's around. not like a little like, Meh. <laughs> unless, unless it comes to
1: mobsters. Right. Um, well, we start, we said the title of a film for this week,
0: Tim, unless you got anything else, we're going to, I just, into. I just, you really opened up a whole part of my brain and memory of like, when you would want to see a movie opening the newspaper and just, all you had to go on was the like little black and white movie poster. If you're lucky, sometimes it's just the, the name yeah. of the movie.
1: No, I. That's I, all we had to go on. I feel I felt that too. Holy I was. Shit. I was feeling that, that well as well. Those were fun days of, I would just look at it. Just cause yeah. it was fun. Do you want
0: to go see this or that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know.
1: Oh yeah. Microcosmos. Look, it's grasshoppers wearing the sunglasses. Cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow um, wow anyway well, I remember my friend being so a new so, toy story so excited for that movie <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> um <laughs> not a film we're gonna Ian. talk about on this show
0: we got our horror films to get through well and mm, we got one more that'll be an interesting conversation for today alright
1: well let's let's move things along so we can get to it then and watch the trailer for as we said from 1987 with that Robert De Niro fella. Here it is Angel Heart.
0: The Exorcist, the possession of the human soul. Chinatown, the mystery of the human mind. Now. what today today is today is wednesday anything can happen day my interest in johnny is only in finding out if he's alive or if he's dead you want me to check it out check it out where are you i'm just the guy who was paid to snoop around i'm gonna ask you again where is he i don't Angel has been hired to solve more than a mystery. He's dead, Mr. Angel. And if he isn't, he is to me. Are you afraid? Yeah, I'm afraid. To find more than a killer.
1: Tim, and today is a Wednesday. Do you know what that means? It's anything could happen day. Exactly. I didn't know that was a thing, but now we know. (laughs) And what is going to happen? First, our rating via our rating system. Would Tim and I tell our individual selves, not you, but ourselves to avoid it, stream it, rent it or buy it?
0: (laughs) Well, Tim, well, 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 here we are. I I mean, I just stream it. I, I, I didn't like it that much. There you have it, folks. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I hear I you. mean we'll get into it, but
1: I was um I was honestly on the higher end stream it. But after looking at everything I wrote, <laughs> I would I, I wanna see it again in life. Hmm in I I don't in a different circumstance. Um and I would rent it in order to do that.
0: So I'm yeah. gonna give it a rent it. That's fair. I was super pleased when I realized it was on prime and not (laughs) before we even watched. I mean, that's anything like hindsight. Like when it finished, I was like, thank God. (laughs) You can be so mean. Yeah. Well, I like my $4 That $4 (laughs) is going to go to something else. Yeah. The the next movie that we watch (laughs) that we totally hate. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man.
1: Goosebumps was good. Uh, good. I'm good. Goosebumps was great. Great. We can agree on that. <laughs> um, okay. Stream it, uh, for Tim. I was a higher stream it, but now I'll just say rent it. But I need to feel like I, I, I guess I feel like I need to see it again. Hmm. This was, I could really see why. This could be cool, like, as just a, like, why people maybe got into this as a, like, you're, it's like late night TBS. You, like, stumble across it. You're by yourself. It's late at night. And you just remember just this mood that's just really heavy throughout this whole movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, that a- making its mark and that being your endpoint rather than a sort of, you know, what I'd argue not intentionally
0: supposed to add up gumshoe story. Right, right. It's an interesting – this is slightly off topic, but when you say TBS, like there's kind of – maybe this isn't true. Somebody tell us if they agree with this, but – do you feel like there was a, a slight distinction between like the late night TBS versus the late night TNT versus the late night USA? I mean, I meant like those are like those. the three big that, ones, right? That and that's exactly what I mean. that realm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, just you saying that made me go, well, was it a TBS or was it a TNT or a USA? A
1: lot of movie nostalgia thinking back to late night,
0: those three channels yeah. and looking at it's ads funny. in newspapers. <laughs> I didn't have, did you have HBO when you were a kid? No. Yeah, Me neither this actually feels more like something that would be on at my friend Rumsey's place. Cause he had HBO and we would put it on thinking that we might see a boob.
1: Yeah. Rumsey at HBO. Right. <laughs> Rumsey. Yeah. Yeah. No, something about it being uh, Robert De Niro makes it seem HBO. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like nineties HBO.
0: Um, yeah. And the, yeah, the, the, the late eighties sort of post satanic panic. Vibes, yeah, Where but it's like t- they're still trying to hang on to like ooh, well, I guess it was still no, kind of around. No, this to yeah? me was I I separate as far as flavor,
1: vibe, all that, satanic panic, and like voodoo occult. You know, this was very much this this was a voodoo occult.
0: This wasn't that's like, true. That's
1: true. This well, wasn't like yeah. Satan worshipers kind no, of. No, I
0: agree. I totally agree. I think in the what's the word in the sort of ostensible sense ostensible ostensibly speaking from the like semi removed not knowing the story i think that it it is in it's yeah, i don't know it it they're trying to pull people in because it has that that wash of it could be satanic panic it could mm-hmm. be voodoo it's just general occultism is the, is the marketing i think ploy in well, a well
1: speaking of that story would you like to help us out with our next section and <laughs> sure which is a
0: summary <laughs> yes um i do have to say that um ha- people with the first name harry and the last name that's a noun is always really distracting for me <laughs> I mean, all the names were distracting in a way. (laughs) We got Harry
1: Angel, Louis Cypher, Louis Cypher, sorry, yeah, Louis Cypher, Epiphany Proudfoot, and Toots
0: Sweet. And Johnny Favorite. And Johnny Favorite. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't set the stage, I don't know what does. Well, that it's was part ni- of my. Oh, you know what? I was really <laughs> surprised by. I had no clue we were going into 1955. No, me either. I love at that. all. Yeah, that was so cool. that was a pleasant surprise. So we're in 1955. Yeah. New York City. Um, you know, he's a PI, but a couple times he says he isn't. So I guess he just doesn't want to be outed. So he's he's a PI, PI Harry Harry Angel, Mickey Rourke. He gets hired for a job like every hard-boiled detective story ever some rich guy comes along and says hey i want you to do a job and he's like well that's not really what i do and then he for some reason agrees to do it that's like every detective novel yeah. i've ever read um as tim every, would say classic 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 <laughs> setup here we go so the job is some this this eccentric rich dude robert de niro lewis <laughs> cypher <sighs> Hires him to find some guy because the guy owes him a debt. And the guy is named Johnny Favorite, and he was a singer, like crooner. And he's disappeared. He was, like, in the war, and then he wasn't in the war, and then he was a crooner, and then he lost his mind, I guess, sort of, and then got institutionalized, and then disappeared, and Robert De Niro wants to find him for some vague, maybe malevolent reason.
1: He owes him a debt.
0: Yeah. Uh, Doesn't they, they call it something like a life debt, or is it something... There's, like, a qualifier to the dead he uses, and I can't remember what it is. Anyway, so, you know, like every detective novel, it's, like, twists and turns of Mickey Rourke going and following leads and dead ends and that leads to another thing and a dead end. You know, he's seemingly. He's
1: underlying names in a phone book, you know, all that yeah. good stuff. As he, soon as that happened, I thought Tim is paying attention to this in a way that I just am not.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and so he gets eventually down to New Orleans or New Orleans. Yeah, it split up kind of half and half. First half slummy New York, yeah. Coney Island. I guess it's important to say that the first couple people that he tracks down or the first person in particular that that he gets a lead from is this doctor who like fixed the books on johnny favorites institutionalization and then that doctor ends up killing himself in quotations yeah and then then he goes to new orleans sure or is there one more death before that i think that was the only the only new york, new york death day. okay so he does get chased in New York. Yeah. Kind of inexplicably. We don't really know why, but he gets chased. So the exciting chasing. And he's having, we know early on that he's having kind of memory slash, I don't know how you describe it. Things that he sees spark something in his mind. Mm-hmm. For example, he sees a woman washing a wall of blood and that sort of like he kind of goes in and out of like the real version of that and like the version in his head of that. It's sort of dreamish or sort of memoryish or sort of hallucination ish, ish, hallucination ish, Jesus. Anyway, so we know something's up in his brain. Then he goes down to New Orleans, tracks down some leads. Every lead that he gets to that person ends up dead eventually is there more that i should say about that not really no he meets eventually this all leads to him sort of wrapping around and realizing you know the big twist yes which is tim he is johnny favorite right and it was a deal with the devil lewis cipher is lucifer which just makes my head hurt it's too on the nose for me yeah, but I mean, I didn't see it coming. I didn't either. But like the <laughs> second it was said, because I just didn't hear his name the first well, time. I mean, it's because they just kept saying Mister Cipher.
1: Right, but it's it's great because it was like. I mean, we can get to, it. cause it's, it's <laughs> it was like, you know, I love puns, but especially the ones you don't see coming where it's sure. like, yeah, it's stupid, but it's great because it worked. I, I think it's it's like, <laughs> how much fun is it to like, usually we're just so ahead of things like that yeah, when yeah. they happen to have one of these stupid little like anagram things or sound alike right. things actually work on me was just <laughs> so fun. I
0: think, yeah. Oh, little. Well, let's talk about it later. So, um, so the deal is Johnny favorite cut a deal with the devil to have a, a career, you know, sold his soul to have this crooner career and then decided he wanted to take back the deal. And so he goes on the run. And in order to disappear, he had to actually sacrifice somebody else and steal that person's body so that he can't be found. So he's a, a different person. And the way he does that is through some black magic ritual whatever where he cuts that person's heart out and eats the heart and then he i guess his soul goes into that guy's body and the he has no heart or something Mm -hmm. um and so he did that 12 years ago and so for 12 years lucifer has been trying to find him and finally finds um harry angel who is the body yeah And the, and he, see, this is what, what, whatever, apparently Harry Angel, the body that Johnny favorite soul went into, doesn't know that he's Johnny favorite. Cause there is the whole, um, amnesia thing apparently where after he got out of the war. Right. I kind of, I remember hearing that, but I didn't connect the dots, but that, okay, cool. Great. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah. All right. That's kind of cool. Uh, we should have been clear. Uh, so Harry Deep Angel bottom-y. or whatever Mickey Rourke has a nice solid flip out. Yeah. One of the best flip outs. Yeah. Because he knows who he is. Yeah. But well, he does now. Right. Um, One then, of those stories of someone who starts rock bottom and then only
1: goes further <laughs> that's their arc
0: <laughs> it's so true Which is always
1: i think yeah. satisfying yeah for sure um god that's that's it great all right so summary now let's come the on there the is
0: no like conclusion no he goes to hell He's, he goes to hell yeah he go, takes the elevator to hell
1: yeah it's his own doing now that robert de niro's whole plot was to to sort of open up the only he could only step through To his own hell. Yeah, it seems so, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to our first section, not our first section, but our first section with its own lead in intro. Wow. What worked? What what, what worked? What worked for you? What worked for
0: you? you? It worked like a charm, Smith.
1: I mean, I already kind of said this, but the pervasive sense of just foreboding in it. It's just murky. It feels like that. Um yeah. not the uh, god, oh god, what's the word? Sorry, just lost me. Not gum gumsho- uh noir. You yeah, know, yeah. just that heavy atmosphere. But just to combine that with then you sort of get throughout teases of the occult and supernatural, where it is just this like Periphery of another world, like very much. So. Chicken foot is used. There references mm-hmm. made, but he never really like you know thinks much of it or jumps on it. Really, as clues, because as he always says, oh, "I'm from Brooklyn." <laughs> you know, I love right. that comparison of the two. But then, this how that all of a sudden, it sort of sets up this subtle, like not subtle, sudden turn into like the supernatural, you know, where once we get to that sex scene, which was just the standout scene of the movie, that was yeah, so good. For sure. It was so good. It's just when everything as far as his visions and what's real and what's not just sort of all hits the fan finally. But to have this mood sort of be percolating and all build up to this mm. thing was super cool and satisfying, I thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you see what I mean there?
0: with with what liking it yes oh sure those aspects (laughs) you know i i I think maybe i should maybe there's sort of a caveat to to why i'm a stream it's because i don't dislike the movie as a movie but like it's not for me it's just it's it's a different thing it's a detective noir with like a sprinkle of, of, um, supernatural. To yeah. Me. And so it's very hard for me to be like, hell yeah. Horror movie. And and then, and then, so what that does is effectively, it makes me think of other noir films, detective films, and it doesn't quite stand up to them for me.
1: Well, it's so it's,
0: yeah. I'm, that's I, why I say
1: need to see it again. Cause in yeah.
0: retrospect, then
1: it is all a supernatural occult movie. <laughs> You know? Yeah. And as I said, like that always was the wash over it all. Like you could tell there was
0: always something up or off. You know why? It's because you keep cutting back to those wall fans. Yes.
1: And that alone
0: sets up that. Something's up. It just is a weird device that fucking works.
1: That was neat. That was wild. You're right. Because
0: the second we go back to it, I think maybe the third time we go back to it, I remember going, Uh oh. Like we're not re like something's up. Like there's a reality issue. Yeah. when, it, this, when it Because started, why are we going back to that? Like, it was so it cool. That made me feel that way when it was going one direction slowly, then started going another yeah. direction. Yeah. Just enough That's to make cool. you feel unsettled. You know what it made me think of is it's the same kind of vibe as Jacob's Ladder. Do you, have you seen Jacob's Ladder? Not recently enough, no. It's that same like something's off. And, and our narrator or our lead person is a little unreliable. Yeah, because he's so stressed out. <laughs> right. And he's like, well, in Jacob's Ladder, he's straight up seeing monsters and shit. And it's actually that's a fucking I want to watch that movie again, too. Anyway, so that unsettling otherworldly, like something's messed up with the perception of reality in our in our hero, for lack of a better word that vibe is fun I'm like i i it's really pleasing to me
1: yeah and that's i guess the biggest thing overall that worked for me but it was just in our viewing of it it was just hard to like fully feel like the movie was allowing itself to cast or me allowing it to cast its spell so that's why i say yeah. like i want to watch it again no offense by myself and like just late at night and see you know why wow, you
0: were distracted by me um
1: what was i doing You want to know? Yeah. You were farting every five minutes.
0: (laughs) That's fair. I had a little gas problem.
1: And the, uh, the (laughs) sex scene though, how I said it all came to a head with that. Like so cool how we go, okay, drops. And it's not just, it wasn't great because of it like as a sex scene, but just what it was as a scene as far as that's when everything, that's just when everything, uh, came to a head of the, uh. It's been set up. This is a leaky hotel room in New Orleans <laughs> right. staying in. And all of a sudden those water leaks turn to blood. And it's just like the sex itself is like, oh, wait, is this is is this vi- like too violent crossing a line here? You're not sure because it's showing two different things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like that, that dissolving into. We don't we no longer know what's real. Mm hmm. Is really well done in this in that moment, because I kept thinking uh, we're going to come out of this and she's just going to be <laughs> fucked like that. She's he's going to have, you know, ripped her head off yeah. or something. <laughs> um, and, and then it doesn't really do that. And And it kind of does, but... If you've listened to other episodes,
1: or Tim knows this, that what's real, what's not is kind of my favorite thing Mm. whenever we talk, whenever that's in a horror movie we talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, major points. And overall, I thought held together with really great acting. I loved everyone in it. They were all committed. They all, like, fit the tone so so well, as I said, like, Mickey Rourke going from you know, already down and out, just a crazy Robert De Niro where he's kind of doing less, but he like holds a lot of a presence still Mm -hmm. and just that standout scene of him eating the egg. So good (laughs) where he's just, he just pulls off that kind of that monologuing, you know, where we know it just works so well where we know this guy knows more is up or has some sort of, presence of evil or however he's connected in the world turns out he's the devil that's why um but that's there in his performance and his appearance too which then finally mm. leads to like his fingernails are longer and he finally lets his man bun down yeah. and he's sitting there with his cane and flowing hair so envious yeah. of his man bun <laughs> but just loved him in that and then yeah all the supporting characters too you just Buy into it, like you know, like the racist cops down there just felt like, <laughs> yeah. you know, brought that right.
0: The two goons that that
1: beat Mickey Rourke, up. <laughs> yeah. Lisa Bonet, so
0: good, yeah. Really sells, like, um, I don't know, just felt very lived in. You know, who I really liked, and she's only in one scene, is is Mickey Rourke's girlfriend. In that, it really set this sort of tone of the era. The Like her hair. Do you remember this? Like At the it's, beginning? it's so short. Yeah. Oh. He goes back to his apartment. It's the only time we're ever in his apartment. Right. His girlfriend is there. She's done some like legwork research for him to track some stuff down. Right. Right. Um. And they have this kind of sexy, you know, sh- they're both getting undressed and he's kind of preoccupied and she's t- giving exposition. But it's a really smart. Actually, this movie does this a few times. They are really good about doing what's what some books called The Pope in the Pool. I noticed you know, that expression. so clearly when yeah. it was him at Coney Island talking to yeah. the woman in the ocean. Yep. So The Pope in the Pool if, for anybody who doesn't know is a term that I think, uh, who was Sid it? Cat. Uh, Sid, Sid, Sid Cat. Sid, I Sid Cat. I just combined yeah. them. Sid, Sid Field. Field Save the Cat. <laughs> yeah, he came up with uh, to describe how to make exposition scenes visually interesting, right? So it's a reference to what? Situationally interesting. Yeah. It was a
1: reference to some movie
0: where I think it's they're the getting Godfather ex-
1: 3. It's where they're getting exposition, and it's a pope swimming in
0: a swimming pool doing laps. Right, a thing that we generally don't associate with the pope. Um, anyway, so they they've done they did it a few times, and this is pretty good. And that's what it's the pope
1: in the pool. That's what like this kind of structure is about for me. Like one of my favorite movies, Inherent Vice. It's mm, all mm-hmm. just the pope in the pool. The movie you you aren't <laughs> supposed to be able to follow sure. what's going on. And this movie gets to that point, and maybe that sort of transition could be handled a little more intentionally. Like, I can see if you're really, you know, like and enjoy the sort of mystery, you know, putting together mm-hmm. the cruise mm-hmm. aspect, that just to be, you know, like how Audition does it so well, where once things go out the door, they really go out the door. This, yeah. it, that That's how I viewed this and why I enjoyed it so much was because at a certain point when we were like, who are these guys chasing them? Right. I... Rather than being frustrated by it, I was just put off in that horror movie. What's going on since? Right, right, right. So
0: yeah, anyway, it's just that, all madness.
1: Yeah. That's kind of a ramble starting from somewhere else. Open the pool. But that is what, yeah, as say. But it's, so it's fun to, to backtrack kind of just
0: a touch of where I was coming from. Why that even came up is that in that scene where we meet the girlfriend, Her casting and her styling, like they styled her hair in a a very specific way. And I think, you know, makeup and whatever. But it really suddenly, even though we've already established that we're in 55, I suddenly like was like, oh, this is what people in New York in 55, like dressed like and looked like. Yeah, You know, like it really felt like a a different thing, like a specific thing.
1: And it was cool because as another overall effect of just when it was set, um, you know, 55 is still connected to just style wise, flavor wise, like look um the forties, like wartime. Definitely. How everything is. And just that too, as far as the pervasive mood of just knowing, you know, it's a, Oh, you were in the war. Oh, were you in the service? Just that as this mm-hmm. downer depressing, but authentic setting lended a lot to the film as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the, Jacob's Ladder is sort of the Vietnam version of this. <laughs> it's it on really my shudder watch it's list. I know I need to watch it. Um, they're very similar in that sort of what the broader storytelling is, kind of the tools that it's using and the commentary that it has about like post-war, you know, feelings. Because so, I think that's a big part of of this story, even yeah. though it's not it's not super explicit. It's not like on the nose, but it very much is like. A, a story of the the horrors of war. And, or,
1: or dealing with the trauma. That's this what, yeah, exactly.
0: whole story is yeah. someone exactly. who's...
1: They want to s- escape their... Right. Who they were. They're selling their soul to the devil in going down the devil's path, you right. know, post-war yeah. as dealing, a way to deal with the trauma.
0: I I mean, I imagine, too, that the novel just really digs into a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, as you would expect. Um, so that's cool.
1: Um, I already kind of mentioned this, but just as far as all the details that added up to this feel of like, yeah, the chicken foot appears in the bathroom <laughs> and then just all the objects when he goes to Margaret in New Orleans, goes to her apartment. Mm-hmm. Then we see, you know, from his point of view, spying on the voodoo ceremony, um, and then, yeah, just again, I already said, but that just juxtaposed it with his, like, I'm from Brooklyn refrain. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm an atheist. Yeah. I just love that as just these two wholly different worlds just sort of put up against each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun, too, to watch this kind of, I don't know, hard-boiled guy, I yep. guess, for lack of a better term, get just sent through the ringer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like by the end he's just he's cut up and beat up and like dog bit and yeah. ragged as hell and sweaty and wet and, and on just top dirty. of that there's supernatural stuff going on right, right. that he's got to deal with <laughs> and that's what really god what a bummer yeah that's what i really love i him. mean if it wasn't enough his ankle got bit so hard by that dog mhm but just it's cool
1: because it it keeps it at a fun level where you know i always like um God, I only saw it the ones in theaters, the skeleton key, but using this, <laughs> oh, yeah, this, but this, that's the setting I that, where yeah. I always want to say like, oh, I want more kind of like Bayou, New Orleans yeah. horror films kind of thing. But I could see it's kind of a tricky, you know, careful line. You got to balance. Sure. But one way that to do it well is to sort of use these details and the setting, but don't let us jump into it too far. Mm hmm. Um, which I thought this was at a really good level of,
0: yeah. In order to do it at all, yeah, and like, hmm, I don't know. I I'm trying not to say things that I didn't like. <laughs> Hang on a second. What was what was I gonna say? I think uh, I don't know how to say this without going into what didn't work, so I'm not even gonna say it. I mean, if you need to say it in order to get to what did work, I think it's allowed. <laughs> well. I'm not sure what I'm getting at. I think what you're sort of what you're saying, the the general setting vibe and uh, environment of the like poor, whatever that and whatever you call that. I mean, where where Lisa Bonet lives, the poor black neighborhood. Yeah. Like out, in you know, they're living in shacks essentially yeah. is it's it, it's touched in a way that never feels exploitative or like shitty because they always feel like the ones who
1: know what's up and are in control in a sense like you're in right. our territory
0: yeah know? yeah and even his i think part of what helps it is his performance around it is pretty like he I think in, in other cases <laughs> and in, in, in lesser hands, so to speak, you would see the scene where, like, he comes in and he gets hassled by a couple of black dudes and then he kicks their asses. <laughs> and then he's like, no, I'm going to say what I'm going to say and do it, you know, and be very, like, bleh. Yeah. And, and I've seen that scene a bunch. And I've, like, actually, one of the books I'm reading right now has some scenes like that where I'm like, oh,
1: God. Well, and, like, yeah,
0: that's probably what how I like, it was. That's what I like about but, his character. He's kind of open to whomever. It's only if you right. personally cross him does he give a crap. Yeah. So that was handled well, I think, and it didn't feel gross and cringy when it could have. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, I mean, it was a... <laughs> Oh, never
1: mind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> at the, uh, at a certain point too, this, the directing really struck me as where I was like, oh, there is interesting, good directing here. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, um, and I first noticed that, Um, I guess you know rather than leave it as a thing of note. This is directed by Alan Parker, who I know from doing the Wall movie, (laughs) the Pink Pink Floyd Wall. Yeah, the Pink Floyd's The Wall. Interesting. Um, and Sir Alan William Parker. (laughs) Wow. Uh, the musical Fame. But then also the only other one I know him from Midnight
0: Express, which is super similar. I I haven't seen Mississippi Burning, but I hear it's good. It's that's a hard one. Cool. Um, It's good, but it's. Heavy as fuck.
1: But what I first perked up was when he just sort of enjoying the style of this, the choices and doing things that were, you know, not just super by the book was, um, when he leaves the, the, the junkie dude alone and says, I'm going to go get cheeseburger coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's alone. Mickey works alone and the coffee angel is alone <laughs> <laughs> getting coffee, um, It's just a long... He's alone in the diner. It's this this long zoom-in just on him. And it just is really affecting somehow, you know, in that kind of what I want from a film way where it doesn't just Mm. make me go, oh, okay, yeah, this. But it just conjures kind of meaning and a mood that's not too
0: specific but is there. Certainly, yeah, like, the, I think the mood aspect of this film is probably one of the bigger pluses.
1: And same, but also you know, if you're just feeling like there's metaphor there to dig your teeth into too. Should you, you know, your mind be going down that route? Mm-hmm. Same with, um, similarly those recurring shots of those like straight-on exterior shots of buildings with like the single lit window, the kind of like yeah, sort of those tying into like the
0: fan shots you were talking yeah. about. Well, the fan is in that shot. Yeah, that, that lit window, the lower half is one of those fans. But it just made I think. me feel yeah. kind of almost like it was
1: like a Tim Burton Batman in that way. No, I agree. Where It's just, this isn't, this none of this is ever, do I ever have the safety of reality to sort of step down on? It's all just sort of like this real New York that humans have Mm -hmm. created and invented is just like such a comic book thing in place.
0: I, I totally agree. I mean, the opening shot is a nighttime alleyway and it's, at an angle, so you are not looking straight down the alley. We're sort of on one side of the alley. <laughs> Got a cat meowing at a, a cat dog. And a dog, right? <laughs> but th- those static shots of the alleyway and the way that it's lit is so noir comic book. Yeah, like it's beautiful. And what's
1: neat There's with smoke
0: kind of coming yeah. up, like it's just so good. Right, especially yeah, and to see
1: that successfully done in color is always like bonus points. Good jobs. And then similarly, all that look of when um. I think it's, their shots of it throughout, but really culminates the ending of the elevator to hell, mm-hmm. which is just yeah. like yeah. the last elevator in the world you want to be on as far as how it is, where it's like Very a warehouse, it's metal, <laughs> yeah. it's open air. Yep. It's just, yeah, you feel the clunks of it. You don't know how far it goes down, but it's effectively, you know, because an elevator to hell should be. Yeah. It feels like it could be going down forever. Um, but just all those shots. just Oh, so it combined with, I'll get to... The score actually worked for me too, Tim. Yeah. The I, I thought lurid was a good word for it. The saxophone, <laughs> where it kind of felt like the, that Blade Runner soundtrack of that, you know, where in one aspect it could feel dated, but I don't know. I, it just works for me as far as it's being sad mm-hmm. and, as I said, lurid languid. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So combined with all the imagery I just
0: described really, really worked. Um, I mean, yeah, Blade Runner's an interesting... It's another noir. Yeah. He's noir. What would you call that? Com- comparable? Com- <laughs> yeah. Something? A comp? Comparison. Comparison. Yeah. That's interesting. They're very close in a lot of ways. Huh. Um,
1: at a certain point, it was just like, you know, we're kind of guessing something that the twist isn't at least in the wheelhouse of at this point. But just the fact that everyone he's meeting is just getting killed at a certain point, it just became like fun for me of like, yeah. Okay. Like, I I don't know, rather than doing something half-assed, I was glad that that was sort of a propellant at a certain point because, you know, I don't know. it It was almost interesting meta thing in that, like in, it's a hard boiled detective film. Like you expect that where the character's going is just where the deaths are going to be. But then at a certain point and, you know, but always in the sense of you are detecting, you are, you are not, you know, somehow to blame for all this, but that's why it was this kind of fun. Then once it got to where it's like, no, what like four or five people happen to be dying, dude, you're, (laughs) um, you know, Maybe you should it, stop worrying you might, about... You might yeah. be the problem here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it
0: does have something to do with you. Um, so- it is cool. That's actually a really good point because that, that construct in in good detective stories is often like you you track down a lead and you think, oh, this is going to be the thing that kind of breaks it open for me. And then shit goes sideways. And either when you get there, the person you're looking for is already dead because the the bad guy or whatever is a step ahead of you yeah or you get there and shit goes sideways because the bad guy gets there at the same time and you can't get the information and then the person ends up dead and so it's all you're always on the run because you're <laughs> you're like shit now this looks like i did it because they're taking yeah. that exact construct and just being like except
1: it's him yeah the bad guy which is great is the twist that's coming yeah um, which i gotta say too like this is another reason why i think i just want to see it again down the line not anytime soon but the it how do I put this like um nowadays that twist of you know oh it was them all along basically it just feels so overdone and yeah. happy but when this film was made i mean it's happened a lot before but i do think like for this story it works it's appropriate it is the story that should be told like it, yeah. was, it was made in an era when you didn't need like to know that could be the possible twist people are saying and then have to do something else. Yeah. So just being able to see this again and being able to take it all at face value rather than sort of looking at it from the 2020 perspective. <clears throat> right. Um. I think I could, you know, really get behind it as far as the twist in that sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. The, hmm, I sort of lost my train of thought. The twist. The twist. Oh, I was going to say that in spite of, I think maybe halfway through around, I kind of caught on to that possibility that he's looking for himself. Yeah, ditto. Um, it didn't bother me in a lot of like in other scenarios, and I think when we see it in the hackneyed way now, often I'm like, <sighs> yeah. Well now I don't care. But it was But still, in this it didn't it didn't have that effect.
1: Because it's still you're wondering how it's gonna get there. Very
0: much so. And there's
1: still and because it involves the supernatural, yeah. it feels yeah. like it's done on a level where it's not just like, okay, cut and dry, okay, that was the twist. Mm-hmm. There's still an element of mystery, an unknown where that makes it, you know, get, like work in the, the sort of what's real, what's not horror movie sense for me, as far as that the twist
0: helps yeah. support. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. The sort of double misdirect aspect of things is is a thing that, if done right, can be really effective. Yeah. So good job. The um just
1: I good job, the, Alan.
0: the part that really <laughs> scared me in it as far as it's
1: a pure like horror scare was the this it was like the shot of this this sudden shot of like what, it was like some, it was like a monkey, but not, it was like a <laughs> oh, stuffed, yeah, yeah, that's right. it was like a stuffed mammalian thing yeah and it, and like <laughs> set to, I think there were street drums or something like that. Or, tap dancing? Yeah. We're, we're accompanying it. Anyway, that just, that, that. just, yeah, gave me uh, quite the jolt and it was just, I don't know. Was it, was it as
0: much as cool. um, the laughing from the, from goosebumps? No, that will always be the biggest <laughs> scare in any film that we watch. Uh, that,
1: and then also just sort of, um, I don't know, things like that in that this movie, as I already said, the details of the the voodoo stuff, voodoo stuff. And also just like from the get-go, you have this sort of sad church with a woman cleaning this blood stain oh, know. Oh on the God. wall. That just all like, lent itself to this mood, but made it also feel like you know, in the horror sense that I'd say, you know, seven is as well. Hmm, mm -hmm. Remind me of that. Um, and then as far as, yeah, sort of what I was saying in the, uh, the, there's still being some element of what exactly, you know, the, the death, this is all the devil's game and we're just a part of it and can't actually Mm -hmm. have take any comfort in knowing exactly what it was. I liked that his plan had something to do with, at least again, we don't really understand it, but having this guy, Angel, you know, be the 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 catalyst of his own undoing. To have – there's something very right, – right. I use this phrase a lot too, snake eating its tail, of having a detective detect himself. Right,
0: um, right. I just love that. I mean, it's a cool – it's a cool metaphor, or maybe it's not even a metaphor. It's just a cool thing. Yeah. Because all it really is is we, as humans – have the, you know, ability, I guess, or the opportunity for self-exploration and self-realization, right? Mm-hmm. And we choose a lot of the time to go down that path or not, right? Like, um, we know, all know lots of people who ignore a lot of things in their own, of, about themselves and just don't want to deal with it. And that can often lead to not so great outcome. But, mm-hmm. you know, self-exploration is hard. And often painful, <laughs>
1: right? So you to know? have someone who's so hard headed to put them in a trap where that very hard headedness, rather than getting
0: them to avoid looking at yeah. themselves, makes them go on a literal like hunt yeah. <laughs> for themselves, it's great. Well, and it and it builds to an appropriately sort of cathartic actualization, even though the outcome is not something he wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's it, we it's big, and I I gotta say, he, Mickey Rourke is amazing in this yeah it's his flip out i'm thinking i remember just sort of he's just chewing it up like it's so full force flip out it's just him though too i know there is nothing like hedged about it no he just goes full force dives in and flips and i'm like i really really fucking respect that kind of performance Cause I think you could very easily be the person in this type of movie and think, Oh, well it's this type of movie. So, you know, that's inappropriate or something. you I know, mean, like ju- just, some justification to yeah. hedge on f- a full on flip out. Yeah. And you know, he's not that guy. Like that's not who Mickey Rourke is as an actor. He's full force all the time, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Just to like, um, I mean, it's, the actor's job I guess we should expect this but especially when it's you know you you, I can be grateful to an actor when it requires also like a supernatural leap mm, where mm-hmm. there's like I believe yeah. this yeah. Um, definitely and on this level of movies yeah, leading to that kind of flip out very satisfying yeah great yeah that about does it for what worked for me Tim me too alright we'll move on to our next section then What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing.
0: What did not work? (laughs) Where to start?
1: I mean, I could start (laughs) with the one thing that I have. Okay. And then probably just play the devil's advocate oh my for whatever god you gotta say I See what you did there <laughs> i see it uh only big thing didn't work for me which is kind of weird because it's not the movie
0: but it is is the title it's, don't like it it's horrible angel heart the book was called falling angel which isn't really any better just angel heart just feels stupid saying you know what it makes it yeah it's stupid yeah, it just is bad. Be- it's a that's a fucking awful title. Yeah, and see again, these
1: are this is why like I had so also what uh, kind of similarly but not as egregiously just looking at the names of all the characters. I hate it, right? <laughs> but they're all. But now that I know what they are, it's like okay, just ignore the title. <laughs> you know, ignore like these the character names. I was fine with by the end of it because it all. Worked in the end, sure. But still, this title—like, I just gotta watch this movie without thinking about this title. I don't want to say, "Oh, have you seen Angel Heart?" Oh yeah, Angel Heart was—it's just—it's—it's
0: it's working against itself. Too easily confused with the John Claude Van Damme classic Lionheart, <laughs> where he elbows a guy seven know. times in the in a row. That title sounds good, Lionheart. It's good for what it is. This one, just something, and then Angel Lewis Heart Gossett Jr. To. at one point is like, Lionheart! and he does the elbow smash. It's just Angel Heart just lacks poetry. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, even just the Lucifer thing. It... Oh yeah, I should have I should have mentioned that and what worked for me, but <laughs> right. because well, I did mention that in
1: sort of the yeah. the the my review at the head of what I liked about it, but. For the record, that was fun. I, I I just how satisfying to have something like that actually like work.
0: Yes, actually I get, get I, me. I get where you're coming from. I get. I'm not sure why it bothers me so much. Because it got you. Maybe maybe that's what it is. But it's just it. I can't. My eyes don't roll far enough back into my head when I, like, when it was revealed. But like, it worked! Lewis Cipher. Oh, it is a very, like, that's, like, the dumb shit the devil would do kind of yeah. feel. So I'm okay with it, but... Especially ugh. this one. <laughs> yeah. As played by Robert De Niro, <laughs>
1: eating his egg.
0: Lewis Cipher. I just... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Cipher. It doesn't... <laughs> it why it doesn't even actually like i don't know it's a homophone yeah but it's not it's not even like a pun i mean it is a pun it's a homophone but but cypher has its own connotation it's sort of a double something right because cypher being like a a riddle i think that that's what maybe pisses me off it's like it's too much Alright, what about other things that maybe <laughs> didn't work for you here? Okay. Because that's pretty small. I think the plottingness at times I didn't like. And and specifically, and I, I think this is why you have a couple of these quote unquote like action scenes where he's just getting inexplicably chased by somebody. <laughs> like he didn't do anything to deserve <laughs> getting chased out of that first church. Like he did nothing. Uh-huh. Like, he didn't piss anybody off. He didn't say anything. He wasn't inappropriately there. And he's, you know, he's having a vision, right? Like, he's walking up to the woman in black who's sitting in in the row of chairs. And then two black guys just attack him. And it just made me kind of feel like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, what do we... I don't... I mean, it's fun, I guess. It's an action scene or whatever. But it it makes no sense. Yeah. That's... uh, Yeah. Like, find a... Just find a little reason. You know? Like, just... A one-line reason, get, and I, I'd be okay with it. I feel like it. I need to see it again to
1: choose sides on it because I could... Maybe there's a reason there that's perceived once you kind maybe. of know the
0: bigger picture of it all. I mean, he he picked up that lady's hat in the... You know, he saved the cat when he's... Like, the morning... But morning knowing M-O- this is all are. the devil's orchestrating orchestration.
1: Yeah, that it's all a way to get him further down the path Mm -hmm. okay but i get how yeah at the same time when you're watching it a first time should not detract but it didn't bother me i was just like something is there there's a mystery here that we're gonna figure out about and this is just part of it
0: i think what it felt like to me a little bit is that it was an unjustified attempt to do chinatown Mm -hmm. at times and so like in Chinatown those things all they all wrap up because it it exists in reality you know it's like grounded in the real world this is sort of saying well let's do some of, it felt like do some of those same things but since we're supernatural we don't have to just explain anything yeah and i kind of that's what gave me that kind of like i don't really know if i'm on board with that like it feels like kind of a cheap justification so a couple of those. I mean, even the lack of of, and maybe this is just because I missed it, but the the other dudes down in New Orleans who chase him and beat the shit out of him, <laughs> we both were like, who the fuck are these guys? And it's almost OK to not know. He, they could just be dudes who don't like that some New Yorker is down there and like. I could almost get behind that. But what it actually was then undercut that as a possibility because they were hired thugs by the black magic woman's father. Mm. And there's never anything to connect that thread or to give us that clue early on. I guess yeah, for me it was important at that point in the
1: movie just to sort of this, you know, when you have this hard headed gumshoe character... Just something that's showing, that's challenging him as far as you are, you think like you are following these clues and just you maybe know it's up.
0: You don't, you don't, you don't. Yeah. Well, I think what pisses me off about it is that I, I just, I always am annoyed when I guess semi third act or end of second act characters appear. Mm -hmm. And so her father... We didn't know she had it. We didn't know. Like, we find out that he's the guy who broke Johnny Famous. What is his name? Favorite. Favorite out of the institution. He's the guy who gave the institution that the twenty five (laughs) thousand dollars that all comes out in the conversation. But like. I think. I How would, did yeah. he even find that guy?
1: I mean, I don't care All about, of that annoys me. That I don't care about, but I could see... I, I agree what could have been done better is, like, give us a little more as far as what his perspective is. Like, what works for this movie is, I think, you know, having a lot of realistic performances, super, mm-hmm. super, super grounded. So when you just get chased, you aren't going to say, who are you guys, kind of thing. But no. just but, but at the same time, to accomplish whatever that would be accomplishing somehow... Would be helpful. I, I think the Just only. Like, Where's he
0: got? Where's Angel at? The you know? only thing that I would have needed, honestly, for the father of the Black Magic Lady <laughs> is for us to have met him. And, and been lied to about who he is. Yeah. If we had gotten that, then when he goes back to him, because he tracks him down eventually, then when he goes back to him, he thinks he's got something on him. He's like, I know what you're up to. I figured it out. And then the reversal of having that guy being like, well, actually, you haven't figured it out. Right. You know, and here's why. Yes. I like that. That may That would be more, you know apropos I guess to this type totally. of story for, for me and it's it's pretty minor so I, I almost get why they don't bother Yeah. but it would help so much for me in that scene because that's the pivotal scene that's where he really starts to crack and go oh shit yeah like there's something bigger here and I
1: don't want to look at it I guess that's yeah didn't bother me as much I didn't see that as pivotal I saw it as like that annoyance overall is mm-hmm. minuscule In my
0: overall enjoyment and engagement. It pissed Mickey Rourke off because he flipped the fuck out of that table. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Which I, you know, I love a good table flip. You got uh, anything else? Um, The appearance with special appearance by Robert De Niro kind of just... I think is weak. Like, I don't know. I don't like it.
1: <laughs> Can you just see Robert? He goes, yes, Mr. De Niro will
0: appear in your your film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his people. Yeah. But he wants to be special. Yeah. I don't know. There's something weird about that. Um,
1: I mean, I agree with you
0: both these things, but yeah. they're just so small picture yeah, for me. Yeah, they're pretty small. I, uh, okay, so the, the bigger one for me, I guess, in a broad sense is, well, there's two. There's a lot of just Mickey Rourke and whoever he's talking to just having a conversation. I
1: it, was feeling that in the New York stuff more so like, mm-hmm. like as sort of fun and Pope in the pooly As it was, that can kind of that, that charm of whatever, hap, whatever Pope happens to be yeah. in whatever pool,
0: it kind of wears thin pretty quick. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, part of <laughs> the, what, uh, the the upside of those scenes is literally Mickey Rourke knowing that there's not a whole lot going on in the scene, that it's just a, a dialogue scene and him watching him find ways to make the scene interesting. Yeah. Like when he gets the doctor in the kitchen in the or the first time he's questioning somebody, it's the doctor in the doctor's own kitchen, right? The the morphine addict. And like Mickey Rourke's all over that scene. Like he's fucking getting up, sitting down, grabbing the guy, hugging him, grabbing his tie, like grabbing his face. He's just fucking all over the place. And that's pretty great. Like these scenes that are just the questioning a
1: person scenes, like they are another, I think, Sinfield term, the fun games. They are the very much bones of these types of stories. Yeah. So just in that sense, they overall, like I was cool with it. Like maybe like cut one of them out or shorter could right. help me with the first half pacing, but I'm kind of like, whatever, or maybe, you know, just kind of better casting on who he's interact. Cause a lot maybe. of times, like, again, why I love inherent vice so much, it's like not at all about like the actual mystery. It's okay. just about the charm and the, the sort of that mood and the feel of that kind of um, exchange and mm-hmm. that kind of structure. All right. um, yeah. So, you know, the fact that I was at Coney Island and you have these weird people who are in the... I love the all summers, that. Yeah.
0: Um, so the only other thing that irked me, I guess, is the... I guess it's necessary, but, like, I just got a little uncomfortable with the Lisa Bonet gratuity
1: I mean, in the but it's
0: I mean, it's serving a story purpose. Yeah, which is good because it's basically he shouldn't be tempted by this. Like, it's she's what sixteen? I think she says seventeen. And um, (sighs) and he's like licking his chops, and I'm like, but what's? But it is story relevant. I mean,
1: but, but Tim, that's not even the short of it. It's that she is his granddaughter. No, she's his daughter. Right, right. Oh, right. The little
0: kid is his daughter. The little kid is so, your yeah, grandson, grandson, daughter. I don't know which. Yeah.
1: So that's like that level of messed upness that is, I don't know, again, puts it in horror
0: for me that, too. I agree because it, it ultimately leads to this very, um, what's the Korean film? Uh, um, uh, that we watched? No, 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 no. Uh, just famous Korean film with the guy who gets locked in. Old boy. Old boy. Thank you. Um it's the same, it's that same awfulness. Yeah. Like the, the, the holy shit, what did I do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just, unfortunately, it was left up to us to feel that. I don't you know, know because I mean? the sex
1: scene is when it all goes at like, there is something wrong here. Def- no Oh, no,
0: no doubt. <laughs> and I, and I love that. But the, I don't think, I mean, it's hard because it's murky, but like, I think, I think I wanted, and maybe it's, maybe it's supposed to be in his performance of like, I know who I am, but like, I think I needed a little more of seeing him have the revelation that of what he did, but the movie's a little too, there's, it's, there's, there's more, there are too many layers to hone in on just that. Whereas in old boy, it is just that, like that is the point of the revenge. Yeah. Is to to get him to fuck his daughter. So in this, it's more of just like, it's kind of living in this murkiness of like, oh shit, everything went bad. I mean, it's also, I don't know, you know, where he says, oh,
1: I'm from Brooklyn. It's kind of, <laughs> it kind of like, it feels like his character, like rather than me being mad at the movie mm-hmm. for his, like, you know, luring at her or whatever. It feels like, no, I'm mad at like the character. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a very fine line for me between, mm-hmm. like, sort of exploitive, gratuitous, you know, sexualization, and especially with younger women. Mm-hmm. I'm almost just like, ugh. Well, it's supposed to be his daughter. It's like. I know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it's a, it's a horror movie, man. Yep. So, but that's, that's really it for me. Everything right. else is pretty solid. Let's move on to our final big section
1: Things of Note. Things of Note! This should be interesting.
0: I'd just like to note once again, Robert, Robert De Niro's hair is so glorious. <laughs> I'm so envious. All I could think of was like one day, one day I'd like to be there.
1: You say you're growing your hair out, Tim, but it seems like
0: your it's always only getting shorter. Like you're always cutting it. I'm not cutting it. Um, I haven't cut it in eight months.
1: Why does it look like it gets shorter?
0: I don't know. Maybe your brain is it's, it's like growing off. fuller. Not long.
1: I don't know. <laughs> not
0: growing very fast. I guess. All
1: right. This one had some fun. Um, you know, when they exist, I like to just because he's a fun writer, not we agree or disagree with him, but Roger Ebert while he's still alive. <laughs> sure. I like some quotes from his review. Um, you know, cause you know, maybe if you weren't as crazy about it, you know, I'm curious to hear your take on them too, Tim, mm-hmm. but he starts off his review after everything is all over. Wait, is this the beginning of it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> after everything is all over and the dust has settled and the blood has dried, it is possible to, un- it is possible to unsort the plot of Angel Heart and see that it's really fairly simple, but it doesn't feel that way at the time. It has the unsettled logic of a nightmare in which nothing fits and everything seems inevitable and there's a lot of arrows in the air and they are all flying straight at you.
0: Like that. I, that's pretty solid, actually. It's a good point because he, he's right. We didn't really say this explicitly, but the dreamlike sense throughout mm-hmm. there were a bunch of times when i was like oh man this this whole thing may just be in his head well like everything we were saying about the fans and the, exactly like, certain shots
1: um super short but his example uh his description of mickey rourke rourke occupies the center of the film like a violent unmade bed <laughs> Wow, I, I love that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Angel Heart is a thriller and a horror movie, but most of all, it's an exuberant exercise in style in which Parker and his actors
0: have fun taking it to the limit. That's sort of his in closing take on it. I just had a thought. I I think what's missing from this movie for me is is a is a kind of perceived bad guy because De Niro really isn't that he's 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 the person who hired him he's sort of a different role and 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 that would be fine to to kind of ultimately loop back around and be like oh he was a bad guy the whole time but to have sort of a foil for for the bad I mean, guy mean, why not just make that Johnny Angel as this off-screen you know i i don't feel like it connects i felt very disconnected to the to Johnny Angel yeah yeah like idea and so like I think the the dad the 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 black magic woman's dad would have actually worked well as a foil Ethan Cruisebark cuz he's sort of this rich you know fat living off of like people gambling you know and like he's kind you know he's making uh, what's a gumbo it? the gumbo so it's sort of like, almost like like he's sort of appropriating the culture down there and he feels like he could actually really be a good person for us to hate yeah and but we just don't get him yeah so anyway side note that's sort of not it you know it's just a thought it's it fits in this category right yeah great (laughs) um
1: more stuff on the casting oh yeah if we knew lisa Bonet from the cosby show the director said i didn't hire her because of the cosby show i've never seen the show i hired before i hired her because she was right for the role and then she said i'm preparing for the role i did a lot of meditation and a lot of self-inquiry i did some research on voodoo my earnest endeavor was really to let go of all my inhibitions it was really necessary for me to be able to let go of lisa and let epiphany take over showed it was cool But I just liked the director being like, I've never seen her in the Cosby shows because she had a good audition.
0: Sir Alan William Parker doesn't watch the Cosby show, let's be honest. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. He's
0: too busy getting knighted. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Since he had
1: directed Fame, the Sir Alan, um, the voodoo scene had the same choreographer. I thought that was funny. (laughs) wow that that it had a choreographer and that it was the choreographer's fame was kind of (laughs) cool um the composer trevor jones i know him from labyrinth and the dark crystal very nice that was fun uh and then i have christopher nolan as far as influences Hmm. he stated the film was a major influence on his 2000 film memento he said, okay. quote, in terms of memento, Alan Parker films such as Angel Heart and The Wall, which use very interesting editing techniques such as fracture, such as a fractured narrative were big influence. That's wow. cool. And then I think why we even watched this film at all, Tim, was, you know, when stuff appears on lists. So in 2010, Wired Magazine ranked the film at number 22 on their list of the 25 best horror films of all time. And in 2012, Mark Hughes writing for the Forbes ranked Angel Heart as number nine on his list of the top 10 best cult classic horror movies of all time. Hmm. Lastly, Den of Geek writer Ryan Lamb- Lambie ranked the film at a number six on his list of the top 20 underappreciated films of 1987
0: wait I'm sorry say that last one again the top 20 underappreciated films of 1987 what a specific list right the 20 underappreciated there were that many movies to be underappreciated number six what were appreciated that year (laughs) right I know I guess whatever I mean we'd have to look at it (laughs) Um, I like that it almost got an X rating. Oh,
1: yeah. And I think it's been restored, whatever was giving it that
0: X rating. Uh, It was 10 seconds of footage, so probably the sex scene. Oh, so a big film for 1987
1: was Princess Bride. (laughs) Wow. Um, but Underrated ones, number 20, we like dolls. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All these films I haven't heard of, actually. Oh, the hit, hidden hit me with a moment. cherry. Two thousand street trash. Neo Tokyo. Whoa! Oh, Monster Squad. Hey, the stepfather. Yeah, there is our oh. other eighty-seven film. <laughs> um Stage fright. Yeah, six. Angel Heart. Prick up your ears. I've heard of Prick Up Your Ears. House of Games. Bestseller. Oh, and the last one we know, Near Dark. But I, I mean, hey, underrated. I haven't heard of most of these. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Well, there are a lot of movies always coming out. That's for sure. Anything else you have for things of note? Angel Uh, at all?
0: Did it win anything? I don't know, man. Here we go. Ready? Nominated for Best Supporting Actor. These are Saturn Awards, Jupiter Awards, and Youth in Film Awards. (laughs) Lisa Bonet won the ninth Youth in Film Awards Best Young Female Superstar. Great. Good for her. Should we move on then to recommend Edchins?
1: Sure. All right. That means I have to have one. Then I'll go first. (laughs) Shit. I will recommend Dead, a film I just watched last night, um, thanks to the Criterion streaming service from 1968, starring Burt Lancaster, (gasps) The Swimmer. The Swimmer? Oh, I've never seen that. I think you would... I love Burt Lancaster. I think you would really appreciate it but also maybe really hate it. I don't know. <laughs> Great. I think you should see it. it is cool. It's all about like, it's, 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 it has this a similar almost, you know, thing where it feels like the whole thing could be a dream or not reality, but it is sort of all this guy. It's Burt Lancaster. Who's like 68. So he's older, but he's also sort of personifying like youth and holding on to youth and is like fitter oh, sure. than all of his friends. Of course he sort of, the movie just starts where he's like at this sort of, pool of a friend's house and it's like New York I guess I don't know it looked place I'd never been but it's all where like everything is forested and you just sort of have these foresty paths and like horse meadows sort of separating big houses like rich people houses okay and he sort of plots out after his first swim you know I'm gonna do I'm gonna swim I'm gonna I found a way to swim home I'm gonna swim in like these six different pools of the you know the this family to the that (laughs) family to this community pool and then I'll end up back home and it's cool. just sort of a lot, a lot to chew apart in it. Um, what year is it? Sixty-eight. Okay. So I thought you know a potent year as far as a lot you know, uh, artistic sensibilities like out in the world. One of the most and this intense was really years cool. Yes, yeah. history because it feels like it's that point where it's sort of coming off of the sort of traditional world of film, but then going into what we think of as new sixties, post sixties. But it was like has a lot to do with this sort of his philosophy of, you know, living life to the fullest and what that means in the face of, you know, at the same time needing, um, uh, solidity or something grounded Mm. to also get anywhere, you know, in life at the same time. And it's just a man at odds with that. Cool. And being confronted by it and the style, like it's just that super, I think you would really dig it as far as like, when uh, you have that uh, the the lens blurs and the Gaussian and it's just yeah. all that all that good stuff.
0: It looks like it's got a little bit of sort of a gr- the graduate uh, aesthetic.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have the humor though. It's really okay. devoid of humor. <laughs> really? Yeah, interesting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and also there's that that's pervasive in it too. Is just the sense of like it's it's like. It's like when you have a dream that you sort of, oh, isn't this just all nice? But you know hmm. that there's something not <laughs> about it. I don't know how else to put it, but it just gave me a lot to think about. I really, really enjoyed it. Great.
0: The swimmer. Um, I was kind of cleaning and reorganizing a little bit. And I have this, I guess it's, what would you call the bookcase thing in the, in the kitchen? or not kitchen in the dining area that like an armoire or something. Yeah, I don't know. A hutch. I don't know. So whatever. It's like a six foot tall, you know, it's got some shelves and doors and whatever. And I don't know what to do with it. I keep moving it around. Nothing's in it. And so, you, so yeah, I, I ended oh. up being like, well, I have all the like, I don't really want to display all my DVDs, but I want access to them. So I just reorganize them and put them all in it. So that's what it's doing currently. It's just housing DVDs Is your recommendations your piece of furniture? Yes. No. <laughs> while I'm doing this, I'm obviously looking at all of my movies and I come across a movie that I haven't watched in a while that is incredible, also older, um, and also is kind of a horror film. And I would mm. never initially have thought of it as that, but when you think about it, it fucking is. I mean, it's considered just a tragedy or whatever, but it's so fucking good. What is it? The performances are incredible and the directing is incredible. It's called A Place in the Sun. It's from 51. So the basic story is that you've got this sort of working class dude, Montgomery Cliff, and he's got kind of a trailer trash girlfriend, for lack of a better way to describe her, All right, um, who who is played by Shelley Winters, who we sort of think of as Shelley Winters when she was older and in the 80s and kind of overweight and more bossy and whatever. I mean, she's bossy as fuck in this, but like she's very young in it and she's incredible. Mm. And he ends up kind of getting lucked into a party where he meets super rich Elizabeth Taylor. And the story is him kind of trying to navigate between these two women but then some serious shit goes down and I'm not going to tell you what, cause it's so fucking good. And that's the horror of it. And there is, all... <laughs> there is one scene in this movie that is f- magnificent. Cool. So they're I definitely recommend that. They're
1: all just trying to find their place in the sun.
0: Yeah they are it's George Stevens George Stevens was like just incredible director back in the day he did stuff like Shane and Giant um Diary of Van Frank so you know he's the shit back then anyway so that's mine it's a fucking great movie is it
1: my turn to pull next week's film you pulled Angel Heart I, did I?
0: Goosebumps that sounds about right
1: alright <laughs> 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 right, <laughs> I just get so excited. We hope you're excited with mean? us. Oh, martyrs! <gasps> Finally, the original. Yes. Oh no, <laughs> it's cool. gonna be intense. I feel like there's some good ones that were kind of you know been waiting for a while.
0: Wow. Oh, sweet. We got to figure out how to get a hold of it. Why? Because I don't think it's very easy to find. Oh. The the OG
1: cool we'll find it we always do except
0: for when one cut of the dead wasn't available we still have to watch that (laughs) yeah should we do that as our hundredth or something like does that to go back does that make sense Mm, or is that too long for now we just got to talk about it how about our 75th oh no we just passed it (laughs) what about our 83rd (gasps) i like it okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) um great well until next week for martyrs which maybe you've seen you can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. That leads to our socials. We got an email address, all that good stuff. Yeah.
0: What, yeah. Um, click on those little, go to the website and click on the little tabs that say, they look like a little bird. That one's for Twitter. The one that looks like a little camera. That one's for Instagram.
1: We're on Instagram more so. We post <laughs> we post the uh, posters. We post stills from the movie we watch. Mm-hmm. Our Twitter will be on it if you talk to us on it. But really, what our ask is our big, huge, crazy, ridiculous ask of you, dear listener, if you enjoy this, tell a friend who might enjoy it yeah. too to listen. Send it to them. Yeah, that's it makes him happy yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right well i think that's it so in closing thank you so much for listening
0: and we will see you next time goodbye